0: The big game is upon us once again. And no, folks, I'm not talking about the Grey Cup. I'm talking about Super Bowl 56 between the hometown Los Angeles Rams, even though Vegas is treating them like a visitor for some reason, and the upstart Cincinnati Bengals. And as everyone predicted at the beginning of the season, the Super Bowl would be between a quarterback who's basically a rookie and uh, the guy that used to play in Detroit. What's happening everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tease, and welcome to Super Bowl 56, the Super Bowl 56 episode of my weekly NFL football pick show for the 2021 NFL regular season And postseason, which will come to a close this coming Sunday. We are a short six days away from Super Bowl 56. The meeting once again, Joe Burrow and Matt Stafford, the Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams emanating from SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, a home game for the LA Rams, essentially. Although again, these big events, kind of like the Stanley Cup finals and things like that, they're, they're very corporate events. Obviously, like, I mean, every company under the sun that can possibly afford to has Super Bowl tickets internally to give away. So it is a very corporate event, but I would expect SoFi Stadium to be filled with hometown Rams fans, and I think those Bengals faithful are going to travel as well as they possibly can to get into Los Angeles to take a look at this game. Now, the conference championship round, I rebounded big time from the divisional round. Obviously, I struggled mightily in the divisional round, which we talked about on the previous episode. Episode Conference Championship Round AFC Championship Game NFC Championship Game Your boy went five and one overall very very strong performance I correctly predicted this Super Bowl Bengals Rams so two and zero straight up went two and zero against the spread taking both of the underdogs Bengals plus seven and remember I took the Niners plus the three and a half points and actually had the perfectly predicted final score of that game Rams twenty Niners 17, so little pat on Justin's back for doing that one, definitely hitting the groove here towards the end of this season. Now the totals only went 1 and 1. I took the over in the Bengals game because I mean my god, it's the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. The over did not hit. They got to what was it? I think 48 points or something like that, and the number I think was 54. So, 2 and 0 straight up, 2 and 0 against the spread, even money on the totals in the conference championship round it means I'm 7 and 5 across the board for everything in these playoffs. 7 and 5 straight up, 7 and 5 against the spread, and 7 and 5 on the totals, which means I am guaranteed to finish above 500 across the board in these playoffs. I'm gonna consider that an accomplishment given that I was under 500 against the spread this year and well under 500 this year on the totals. And ladies and gentlemen, we are essentially fait accompli in the Pick'em Pools, the Bridgewater's Finest Pool, the Half Moons Against the Spread Pool, and the Anti and Co Pick'em Pool. We have champions in all three of those pools. The current number ones cannot be caught. So in the Bridgewater's Finest Pool, congratulations to Fourth and Ridiculous, who is our overall champion for this season. They lead by 23 points. There's only six. 16 confidence points left on the board. So, fourth and ridiculous is our overall winner. Congratulations to them. In the Half Moon's pool, Moby Polito. They have clinched the overall championship as well. They are up by 18 points with only 16 points remaining. So, Moby Polito is the overall champion in the Half Moon's pool and is going to get a nice cut of Half Moon's money. So, congratulations to them. And Rams fan four one two in the Anti and Co straight up pick and pool. They are the overall leader. They are plus two in that league with only the one game remaining, so nobody can catch them. Rams fan four one two has clinched the overall championship in Anti and Co, and congratulations to them as well. A little bit of movement from yours truly last week. I went from 19th to 18th in the Bridgewater's Finest Pool, from 29th to 28th in the Half Moons Pool, and I stayed pat at 13th in the Ante & Co. from last week. 1,476 confidence points in the Bridgewater's Finest Pool, good for 63.3%. 1,133 confidence points in the Half Moons Pool, good for 48.6%. I'm at 161 total straight up wins on the season in the Anti and Co pool, good for 56 Point seven. And obviously, I ran the table last week 24 of 24 possible confidence points in both the Bridgewater's Finest and Half Moon's pools. I was in fact the only person in the Bridgewater's Finest pool who actually placed 16 confidence points on the Bengals to win that game. Not that I was necessarily more confident in the Bengals to beat Cincinnati than I was in the Rams to beat the Niners, but if I was going to play catch-up, that was the only way to do it, was to go 16 on the Bengals, because I knew virtually nobody else would, and wouldn't you know who won the pony, I was the only one to do it. Now, in both the Bridgewater's Finest and Half Moon's Picks pools, we had obviously multiple teams tie. Uh, multiple teams went uh, undefeated last week at 2-0, so we had four teams tied, including myself, in the Bridgewater's Finest pool, going 2-0, bringing in the all 24 confidence points that were available. And in the Half Moon's pool, we had nine teams tie getting both of the games correct against the spread last week bringing in all 24 possible points now I will point out in the ante and co pool I was in fact the only person in that pool that correctly predicted both games so I went 2-0 and I had the weekly win all to myself in the ante and co pool so once again pat on the back for old Justin for having an excellent conference championship round Now, before we get into discussing Super Bowl 56, I'll let you know, as I always do, that if you go to the description of the video here on YouTube or the audio file on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts of choice, you can find all of my results from last week, my straight-up, against-the-spread, and over-under play for Super Bowl 56. You can find information on joining any of those pools if you'd like to get in on the fun for Super Bowl 56. You can find information on joining the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page, and you can find information on my great friends and sponsors at NerdTease. nerdtees.ca is where you need to go, folks, and who doesn't love a good sale? Right now, nerdtees.ca 15% off site-wide on nerdtees.ca. That's right, Nerd Tease is all about love, ladies and gentlemen. And with Valentine's Day right around the corner, a site wide sale is on deck at nerdtease.ca. Use the promo code love2022. So, love2022. That is going to get you 15% off site wide on nerdtease.ca. Look, normally I'd be plugging my own promo code, which is BWFinest, which is also going to save you the 15%. But look, Whenever they're doing a big sale, I love to give them as much support as I possibly can. So look, site-wide sale. Use either one of those codes, LOVE2022 or BWFINEST. You are gonna save 15% at checkout on everything on nerdtees.ca. You're also gonna get free shipping in Canada on any order over a hundred bucks as per usual, and if you're one of my listeners in the United States, a great conversion rate on the U.S. dollar. Now, today's blend, we are trying something new. This is one of the nice little sampler packs that my friends at Nerd Teas decided to provide me with this time around. This is Canadian Breakfast. Now, this is a black tea which normally I consider a little too strong for my palate. Like, I've had some black teas that, like, more hair on my chest than is already there like there are some strong black teas on this website so as soon as i saw this a black tea i'm like oh boy here we go but you so you season that thing a little bit you all dress that thing with a little bit of milk and a little bit of a sweetener and this is actually a really solid cup of tea A little more caffeine a little bit stronger but not overwhelming in the least and just makes you feel good like a good canadian breakfast should But whether it's Canadian Breakfast or one of the other dozens and dozens of incredible tea blends that you can find on nerdteas.ca, you cannot go wrong. So either one of those promo codes, LOVE2022 for the current site-wide sale, or BWFINEST is going to save you your 15%. You're going to get your free shipping if you spend over $100. bucks. you are going to find yourself something to love, or you can find someone you love something to love. You can do it on nerdteas.ca. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, it is time, it is time, Super Bowl 56, the Cincinnati Bengals in Los Angeles taking on the Los Angeles Rams. The Bengals technically considered the home team in this game, but let's be real, this is a home game for the Los Angeles Rams, and I will certainly be treating it as such. The Rams enter this game four and a half point favorites against the spread, with a total from Vegas coming at 48 And a half points. Bengals now 13 and 7 on the regular season, 7 and 3 on the road. And once again, I am treating this as a road game, whether Vegas is or not. 7 and 3 away from their home building this year were the Cincinnati Bengals. The Rams extending their record to 15 and 5 with their win in the NFC Championship game. They are 7 and 3 in games played at SoFi Stadium. The Rams have been betting favorites all but three times this year and in those games they are 12-5 and five straight up, beating opponents on average by a little over 5.5 points per game. Worth pointing out, all five of their losses this season came as the betting favorite. Cincinnati as an underdog, a very solid, very respectable 7-4 and four straight up as betting underdogs this year. So Cincinnati as underdogs really paid off on the money line this year. They won those games on average, beating opponents by a little more than 3.5 points per game. Now against the spread, completely different story. The Rams might have been 12 and five straight up, but only covered Vegas's line seven times in 17 games against the spread this season, seven and 10 as betting favorites and lost to Vegas's line on average by about a point a game. Meanwhile, Cincinnati is a dog, look, you win seven games straight up as an underdog. You're going to have an incredible against the spread record. And they did eight and three against the spread as uh, underdogs, as betting underdogs this season for the Bengals. And they beat Vegas's line by over a touchdown per game, plus seven and a half on average to the line. Now, let's break this down even further. Let's put this game situationally. The Rams at home, the Bengals away from home. As a home favorite this year, the Rams were six and three straight up and beat opponents on average by a full touchdown per game. A really solid performance in their own building As favorites. Cincinnati as underdogs on the road, very respectable. Five and two as dogs on the road this year, beating opponents on average by plus five point nine. So almost six full points per game. But once again, against the spread, completely different story. Rams six and three straight up as home favorites, only four and five against the spread as home favorites this year and we're losing to Vegas's line by about a half point per game meanwhile in Cincinnati's seven games as road underdogs this year six and one against the spread beating Vegas's line by double digits on average plus 10.4 the Bengals lived and thrived as underdogs away from their own building. Now, of course, up to this point in the playoffs, we've been talking about records against conference opponents or even division opponents in these divisional games. Obviously for this game, we've gotta go out of conference for these teams five games against opponents from the other conference. Cincinnati against the NFC, kind of mediocre this year, but their wins were blowouts. They only won two of those five games that they played against NFC opponents this year, but they did beat those teams on average by almost three and a half points per game. So the losses were relatively close. The wins were very, very big on average. Meanwhile, the Rams had a very strong season against the AFC, winning four of those five head-to-head matchups and winning those games on average by over a touchdown, plus 7.6 for a margin of victory. Now, overall against the spread on the season, probably going to be no surprise to anybody. The Bengals have a very significant edge here, 13-7 against the spread and straight up this season for the Bengals. On average, Cincinnati beat Vegas' line by over four and a half points per game, which wouldn't you know who won the pony, is the exact spread in this game. Meanwhile, the Rams, even money against the spread this year, 10 and 10 ATS, and on average did beat Vegas' line by about a half point. I didn't do this for any other game, but I thought it was worthwhile to take a peek at how these two teams did on the totals against the total points. These were two kind of middling teams overall this season to the over, only 18, 21, and one to the over this year, so they hit 18 of them, but they pushed on one and had 21 unders, on average, they did beat Vegas's total to the over by about a half point. However, there is a story to tell here situationally, that being the Rams at home, the Bengals away from home. In 20 games combined this year, only hitting six of 20 overs. Six and 14 in those games, losing to the over by an average of more than three points per game. That is a very strong lean under that point total of 48 and a half. Some storylines to look at coming into this game, the Bengals and the Rams come in combining having 15 players right now who are either listed as questionable or worse heading into Super Bowl 56. So it'll be really interesting to pay attention, especially on the Rams side, I think, to who is actually in this starting lineup. Andrew Whitworth is questionable. Tyler Higby at tight end, I believe, is doubtful in this game. Jalen Ramsey is questionable coming in. Taylor Rapp has a concussion. He's questionable coming into this game. And for Cincinnati, C.J. Uzama, and I'm going to make a big deal out of C.J. Uzama. Look, his stat line might not jump off, but when he left that game against the Chiefs, you could see measurably on screen how that Bengals offense changed they didn't have that short yardage weapon that Joe Burrow likes to go to a miniature version of Mark Andrews obviously I'm not going to say CJ Uzama is as talented as Mark Andrews but what I am going to say is Burrow uses him a lot the same as Lamar Jackson uses Mark Andrews so when Uzama was not in there that offense changed if Uzama's not ready to go that's going to be a big question mark for this Bengals offense especially short yardage. Obviously, so much of the focus is on the quarterback matchup here, Joe Burrow versus Matt Stafford, but I'm taking a look in that backfield, Cam Akers versus Joe Mixon, and I genuinely think that might be the deciding factor of this football game. Both of these teams were top six run defenses in the regular season. It's been a different story in the playoffs, but they were both top six run defenses in the regular season. They were also both bottom 10 run offenses in the regular season. So whoever wins between Cam Akers and Joe Mixon, who are both top three in playoff rushing yards, and we're going to elaborate on this a little bit as we go, whoever wins between those two backs, that may be the deciding factor in this football game who is better able to move the ball on the ground in much the same vein i believe this game will be won both at and behind the line of scrimmage obviously the battles between these two offensive lines and defensive lines going to be interesting to pay attention to and cincinnati has combined to have 8.0 sacks in these playoffs On their defensive line, of course, led by Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson, the Rams have combined to have 5.0 sacks, obviously led by Von Miller and Aaron Donald. So the game's going to be won or lost at the line of scrimmage and in the backfield. So before I give you my actual prediction, I thought we would do a little exercise here, which is called Who's Got the Edge? And I'm going to look at uh, various position groups and uh, just try to figure out who I think anyway has the edge in the micro before I decide who's going to win this thing in the macro so we're going to start right at the most important position at the quarterback position I'm going to give a slim edge here to the Los Angeles Rams look Matt Stafford and Joe Burrow are number two and number three in these playoffs in terms of passing yards behind only Patrick Mahomes they've both played three games But those passing yards have come very differently. Matt Stafford, six passing touchdowns to only one interception so far in these playoffs. He's being very careful with the football and he's completing 72% of his passes. Joe Burrow, four touchdowns. He's thrown an extra interception with two, only completing 68.8% of his passes. The numbers say got to give the edge to Stafford in the quarterbacking so far. In terms of the receiving core and the options for these quarterbacks, I think I have to give it a push. Look, Cooper Cup is nuclear. So is Jamar Chase. Uh, Odell Beckham is a great number two. So is T. Higgins. I might argue that the Bengals offer a little more balance and a little more depth, especially with the way they use Joe Mixon in the receiving game. Look, He's caught 13 balls in three games for over 100 yards, so the way they use Joe Mixon as a receiver is significant he gets about five targets a game so he is a significant piece of their pass offense and I don't necessarily think the Rams have that in their backfield or certainly not to that extent so I might give the Bengals an edge on the balance but overall I'm going to give this a push like I think both of these teams have very talented receiving options Cooper Cup is obviously the statistically the best receiver in this game but boy Cup versus Chase who has the edge there, that's gonna be very fun to watch. And it is due in no small part to that uh, Joe Mixon involvement in the pass game that I have to give a slim advantage at the running back position to the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Mixon is leading these playoffs in rush yards, obviously has had a ton of volume. Cam Akers, number three, which is spectacular coming off of the injury that he had. However, Joe Mixon averaging 3.7 yards per carry and has found the end zone on the ground so far in these playoffs. Cam Akers has had a lot of volume, but he's only averaging 2.8 yards per carry and has not found the end zone on the ground in three games. You add in the fact, That Mixon's got 15 targets, 13 catches, 106 yards receiving. You got to give the edge here to the Bengals at the running back position. Cincinnati and Joe Mixon get the edge. The Bengals also have the edge, and I consider it a strong one in terms of special teams. Look, Chris Evans has been fantastic in these playoffs, returning kicks. 200 plus kick return yards for Chris Evans. The Rams do not have anybody close to measurable in those terms kicking the football. Evan McPherson obviously has been a massive story for the Bengals. 16 of 16 on his kicks overall. That includes making 12 field goals in three games for the Cincinnati Bengals. He's got a long of 54 has hit three kicks from 50 plus McPherson's been on fire and you look at Matt Gay he's missed two kicks in these playoffs he only has a long of 46 he has an attempt from more than 50 he missed that kick so you have to give the edge there to Evan McPherson if there is a slight edge to be found it may come in the punting game we know that uh obviously Hecker is an elite player punter, but neither one of these punters have allowed much in the return game. Both of these teams have had excellent coverage on kick and punt returns. I got to give a strong edge here to Cincinnati. I just think their special teams has played better in these playoffs. On the offensive line, this is a strong lean to the Los Angeles Rams. You can't allow your quarterback to get sacked 12 times in three games and expect anybody to look at your offensive line and go, oh, that's kind of comparable. It's just not the case. Now, this is a little injury dependent because, look, if Andrew Whitworth can't play for some reason, that obviously fundamentally changes that Rams offensive line. But if we assume he plays, the Rams have only allowed Stafford to get sacked five times in three games. Uh, again, Burroughs got sacked 12 times. There, there's no comparison between these two offensive lines. Now, in terms of the pass rush, I do have to give a slim edge here to the Bengals. We talked about it before. They've registered eight quarterback sacks so far in these playoffs. The Rams have only registered five quarterback sacks, and both of these teams have more than 10 tackles for loss in these playoffs. Both of these teams are getting into the backfield, but the Bengals have more consistently gotten to the quarterback. So I do have to give a slim edge here in the pass rush to Cincinnati. And we talked about the run defense, how both of these teams were like top six run defenses in the regular season, yet yeah, hasn't been that way in the playoffs. This is a strong edge to the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams only allowing 54 yards per game on the ground to a combination of James Conner, Leonard Fournette, Eli Mitchell, who had himself a great season, and there's that 49ers team that's built to run the football. Rams are still only allowing 54 yards per game on average on the ground. I would say if you get to 60, you've had yourself a good game. You take a look at the Bengals, they've given up 127.3 yards per game on the ground. That's to a combination of Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry returning from injury, and Jarek McKinnon. And you just don't expect that, you know, you're going to give up that kind of run to especially Jarek McKinnon no disrespect to Jarek McKinnon but when you look at Josh Jacobs and Derrick Henry one of these names is not like the other and it's Jarek McKinnon now the Chiefs used him very well but the Bengals are just not getting the results there in that run defense that they were used to having in the regular season this is a strong edge coming into Super Bowl 56 for Los Angeles now a lot's been made about the pass defense and the secondary and oh my god the Rams secondary they've got such an edge in this game I'm actually going to give this a push, and here's why. It's true that the Rams have only allowed 220.7 yards per game against through the air to a combination of Kyler Murray, Tom Brady, and Jimmy Garoppolo. And it is also true that the Bengals have allowed more, 243.7 yards per game to a combination of Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill, and Patrick Mahomes. But let's really dig into that. Kyler Murray was not the same quarterback in the second half of the season. Obviously, they started red hot and everybody had the memes. Ah, shit, d Hop down there somewhere. But after Hopkins got hurt, Kyler Murray was not the same quarterback in the back half of the season. Yes, Tom Brady. Obviously, Tom Brady. But then Jimmy Garoppolo, like they gave up. 230 some yards passing and two touchdowns to Jimmy Garoppolo that's like an above average game for Jimmy Garoppolo this year yeah he ended the season kind of hot but in the playoffs he was doing nothing and you look at 243.7 Derek Carr is an underrated thrower of the football Ryan Tannehill is an underrated thrower of the football and Patrick Mahomes who if he would have averaged what he's been averaging in the playoffs all season would have pushed 6,000 yards passing So quite frankly, I understand what people are saying. I'm going to have to give this one a push and we have to look at the intangibles obviously i have been so high this year on the swagger and the confidence of joe burrow and what he has brought to that Bengals team to the roster to the fan base from the top down everybody feels more confident in the cincinnati Bengals. the the scars of the past and all the pain of the past with this team it's like it didn't exist like joe burrow wasn't around for any of that all joe burrow was doing was winning championships at lsu that's Joe Burrow doesn't care about any of that stuff, and it has cascaded down to the rest of the team because the rest of the team, when you're in your heads and you think, oh my God, we're snake bitten, we can never win. Joe Burrow has completely changed that, and it's entirely in his persona, in his confidence, the swagger that he brings. I've made a ton of that, but you cannot deny the storyline of Matt Stafford languishing in Detroit for over a decade. He comes to the Rams willy-nilly, he's playing in a Super Bowl obviously the Rams playing the Super Bowl at home you can't measure that you can't accurately determine how much of an advantage is that really we saw it was a big advantage for Tampa Bay last year they got the job done the Rams obviously want to follow suit I have to give a slim edge here to the Rams because I can't deny those two massive intangible storylines coming in as much respect as I have to give to what Joe Burrow has done with this Bengals team So across those categories, it's four to three for the Rams with two pushes in terms of who's got the edge, but here's where all of that fades away. Here's nut cutting time. Who's going to win Super Bowl 56 by a final score of 24 to 23 on a game winning field goal by Evan McPherson, the Cincinnati Bengals will win super bowl 56 when you look at this quarterback matchup of matt stafford and joe burrow obviously the stats tell you stafford has been better in these playoffs but in terms of this game matt stafford and joe burrow have the exact same level of experience neither one of these players has any context about this game whatsoever because matt stafford was nowhere close to sniffing this game up until he came to los angeles So yes, for as much better that Stafford's been playing in these playoffs, this game is its own animal. And the both of those quarterbacks are going to be finding that out in real time this week. Meanwhile, just two some years ago, three years ago, Joe Burrow's winning a national championship with LSU. You can look at the national championship game almost on the same level as the super bowl certainly for collegiate athletes obviously the super bowl is its own like i just said it's its own monster but recency bias has to play in there a little bit joe burrow won a massive football game much more recently than matt stafford did yes this is the third straight road game for cincinnati And yes, this is two of the five least penalized teams in the NFL this year. Huh, it's almost like somebody's been talking about that all season, and maybe it was important. And all of the areas where the Rams have an advantage in this game, I'm not discounting or taking away any of them. I think Joe Burrow gets this job done. 24 to 23 is my final score for the Cincinnati Bengals. So obviously against the spread, I'm taking Cincinnati plus the four and a half points. And I believe if you look at the last 10 Super Bowls, there's history on my side in terms of taking the points with any favorite more than a field goal. Like I don't, I'm trying to remember the last time a favorite of three points or more actually covered against the spread in the Super Bowl these tend to be either close games or underdog blowouts favorites do not cover big lines in the Super Bowl in general so I gotta take the four and a half with Cincinnati I think either way you go with this game I think you gotta take the four and a half total with 48 and a half gotta lean under on it like we said six and 14 situationally this season Rams at home Bengals away from home I think under is the play there And my Super Bowl 56 MVP, Cincinnati Bengals running back, Joe Mixon. I've got Joe Mixon touching the ball at least 25 times in this game. I've got him hitting at least 120 total yards. And I've got him finding the end zone twice, once on the ground and once through the air. Joe Mixon is my Super Bowl 56 MVP. And the Cincinnati Bengals are my champions of Super Bowl 56. There you have it, folks. There is my pick for Super Bowl 56. And it is time now for the final time this season to give you the patented comment of the week. The comment of the week from the AFC and NFC Championship round goes to the Blind Canadian Cat. The final comment of the week goes to the Blind Canadian Cat. Some of the absolute best insight that I've had in my comment section all year long has come from the Blind Canadian Cat. And they had a mecca of a comment here. Really good on one side, the other side not so much, but let's just go ahead and explore it. The blind Canadian cat says it's hard to beat a team three times in a row, but you got to wonder how much San Fran's season sweep over LA hangs on their head. Anything can happen when you play a divisional rival though, especially with this being the Rams eighth game against their own division. It's going to be brutal and Vegas knows exactly what it's doing, putting that hook on that spread. Minus three, we may pinch our noses and take. At minus three and a half against a team that swept them, man, does no one feel comfortable with that hook. Not at all. You got to think San Fran's playing with house money though, so there's more pressure on LA to get this win. We'll see how that bodes. A lot of interesting insight there. All I'm going to say for the AFC game is until someone can beat Kansas City, I'm going to have a hard time believing anyone will. And that was fair. KC has half-assed the regular season for the second straight year in my eyes, and once the playoffs start, no one can compete with them. And I want to root for Burrow, not the Bengals, however, but he's not better than Josh Allen, nor is Cincy better than Buffalo. My hopes ain't exactly high that Cincinnati could make this a game, maybe early, but Casey rolls at some point. God, who do I root for in the AFC as a stubborn Ravens fan who likes parody? My hands are tied. Good luck on the picks, Justin. And look, I can't blame anybody for uh, assuming uh, Kansas City until proven otherwise, Again, it's just that feeling. It's just that gut feeling. And it's, it's, a bad, it's a bad explanation. Gut feeling is a bad explanation. But it's there and you can't explain it sometimes. But boy, when it, when it pays off, it's a very satisfying feeling. And that's exactly what I had. I had a gut feeling. It wound up paying off. But The Blind Canadian Cat, yours, is the final comment of the week for the 2021 season. And yes, somehow I did manage to talk this long only about a single game, but when it's the last game of the year, boy, you're gonna get your money's worth in this episode. Listen, folks, we do this every year. We close it off. It's a sad feeling every year. It's never fun to end the season, but we're gonna end the season on an incredible game that no one saw coming, and I think we're gonna have a lot of fun with it. I'm certainly gonna enjoy myself, and I'm sure you will too, and thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Even if this is the first time you've ever listened to an episode of mine or if you've been here for years and years, maybe you're somebody that's been here, you might be an OG. You might have been here from the beginning when I started this back in like 2011. So if that's the case, man, you're a real one. Thank you so much. If it's not the case, welcome aboard. I hope you stick around throughout the off season and I hope we see you again next year. That's it for me, Justin, Bridgewater's finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees. Welcome to Super Bowl 56. Let's have some fun. Thank you.